For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, what's happening? What's up, Mark? Finally get a chance to see you. I ain't talked to you in about a week. Well, man, it's good to talk to you and see you. We have a loaded show today. We've got some mailbag questions, but first we're going to start with the NFL deciding to expand the Rooney Rule, which will now require additional interviews of minority candidates. So on Monday, the league decided to require clubs to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coaching openings and at least one minority candidate for any coordinator job. There's also one other part to this too, Ike. NFL teams can no longer block their assistant coaches from interviewing four coordinator positions with other teams. We're going to break this down because there's a part that the NFL decided to table. Ike, we'll get to that in just a second. But what was your initial reaction to the news? I didn't like it, you know. So now you're selling me. So it's a favor. I hired you because of this reason. And it should be you're certified or qualified for this job. But then again, you're in a situation where the majority – of the owners, Mark, are Caucasian. And they're going to hire their homeboys. They're going to hire who they like. That's just how it's going to be until you get a minority owner. You know, then the tables might turn. It's just, in my eyes, it's just sad that you have to hire me and a return is getting draft picks. Okay, so let me break that down because that is the second part of this, which the NFL has decided to table just so the listeners are on the same page as you Ike, because I agree with you. The second part that the NFL decided to table was a proposition that would have allowed teams to move up as many as 16 draft picks in the third round if they hired a minority head coach and a general manager. A head coach would move up a team six spots and a general manager would move up an additional 10. So Please continue because I, I, I agree with you with all of this on the basis of let's hire the best person of the job, regardless of their background, race, gender, creed, what have you. The NFL is 70% black. The majority of the owners are Caucasian owners. So I understand that I just get, I'm going to hire what I like. And what I like nine times out of 10 is to, it's going to be the same color at high spots, whether it's a GM, whether it's a front office job, whether it's a scout, whether it's a head coach. That's just how it is right now. But at the same time, you telling me now you want to make a rule that you're giving me more draft picks if you hire minority guys. For me, that's a slap in the face because it's been a lot of minority coaches who's been qualified. It's a, It's been a lot of minority guys just in general who haven't gotten a chance. Think about all, all the coaches right now 
who's been getting recycled. Think about all the coaches who's been handing it down to their sons. Think about all the coaches who's been handing it down to their homeboys. Just the opportunities. Just opportunities. So in my eyes, I just think until they get minority owners and you start bringing in your kind, that's when you'll see more, minor, my, more minority guys and higher ups in the NFL. All you got to do is look at Reese. And Reese was the general manager for the New York Giants when they won two Super Bowls. Name me a GM that got two Super Bowls <laughs> under their belt. You're only going to name me a few. And it's going to be a handful. I'm talking about one GM with two Super Bowls. So the certification is there. They just not getting an opportunity. So I just look at, and I hope they don't pass this new rule. I hope, I hope they don't pass this new rule. I hope they just go with the Rooney rule and understand, man, look, this guy, like you said, is certified regardless of what the color is. And Ike, you're talking about Jerry Reese, a former football executive, player, and coach, and a member of the New York Giants for 23 years. Ike, I want to go back to something you said about the chance and the opportunity, and that's what people need to focus on here, is the equality of opportunity, not the equality of outcome. Hire the best people, regardless of their background, to improve your chances of winning. And I just want to preface it with that of the equality of opportunity being important, not the equality of outcome. Because look, I don't want to come across as either the woke white guy or the conservative pundit, but what is actually important here, and this proposition just did not make any sense for several different reasons. Sports is a meritocracy, meaning you're going to have the people who are the best in sports are going to rise to the top. That's something that's awesome about sports is it doesn't matter what your background is. The person who's the best is going to be rewarded for being the best. It doesn't matter what their background is or what their wealth is or what their social class is. And so this rule that you'd be able to move up draft picks if you hire a minority, how would you go about enforcing that? Who would qualify as a minority if I'm maybe, if I'm biracial or if I'm of mixed race, does that qualify? And so to me, it would give people incentive to lie as well. It brings up several questions of how you go about enforcing it. But say you give someone for one of these positions, Ike, and it's merely a job title, and then someone else behind the scenes is pulling the strings, what goes on in the locker room? When players are thinking to themselves, huh, if we pass this rule, was this guy brought in because he's the best guy for the job? Or was he brought in so we could move up and get a draft picks? I'm sure those are conversations you'd have with teammates if this rule were to pass. Don't hire me because you have to. Hire me because I'm certified. And my resume say you need to hire me for this position. And we talked about this one word and, you, and we both agreed. Give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Because you keep giving your homeboys and, and your family members chances after chances. And I get it. I understand it. You're in a higher up. You're in a position of power. So for me, I totally get it. But at the same time, don't do me that. Don't do me that, man. Just, just give me a chance. Don't hire me because you got to, bro. Go and don't hire me because I'm certified to be where I need to be. 
And look, like from my standpoint, it's as simple as this. For me, it's more market-based to where if teams, like look, if there are a huge collection of minority coaches or GMs or potentially owners that are being overlooked and would increase a, a team's chance of winning, that is racist. But that's also, look at that on the flip side too. If teams are hiring someone because of their race too, that's also racism too. And so for me, I don't really look at this as a race issue. I look at this as the teams that are the best, the organizations that are the best, and you could even take this outside of sports. If you can find market inefficiencies to improve the product of, of what you're trying to produce or the service that you're trying to provide, you're going to be more successful. And so if you have a minority candidate who, like you said, Ike, is the best person for the job and is going to be the best chance. And I think that's what the new expansion of the Rooney rule does in the sense that, again, it will require clubs to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coach openings and at least one for one minority candidate for any coordinator job. I think that it accomplishes that. But moving up and providing a team an incentive in the draft Maybe it's good that we're starting to get this conversation to be had, but there has to be a different way to go about doing it. Correct. I agree. But I mean, I'm glad it's a topic and people talking about it, but for, I hope they don't put that rule in place on giving draft picks and you got to hire me. I don't want you to hire me because you feel like you have to, you know, I want you to hire me because you feel like I'm the best at that point in time. I'm the best option. And I think of a guy like Mike Tomlin for the Steelers. I think of a guy like a Tony Dungy who went on to have tremendous success for several different teams. Again, for me, I I do not care for a team that I'm rooting for. I don't care what the person's background is. It's what can you do to get me that Lombardi trophy? Yeah. And by the end of the day, that's, that's the whole goal, you know, bringing them Lombardi trophies to the city, you know? So I just, Again, Mark, I just hope they don't put that rule into place. Absolutely. And to me, just to kind of wrap this up, Ike, to fix inequality isn't a a proposal like this. It's, again, finding those market inefficiencies. I heard this on another podcast that Bill Belichick has done this for years in New England with white wide receivers. And you can look at some of the success he's had with Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola. If you want to put Rob Gronkowski in that group, too. Again, I look at this from a market-based standpoint. If you've ever read the book Moneyball, it's also made into a movie with Brad Pitt. One of the inefficiencies that Billy Bean found, the Oakland A's general manager, was that teams were undervaluing on base percentage. And so what are the things that you can do that aren't being valued by other teams that help your team succeed? And if that is hiring a minority head coach or a general manager, great. But at the end of the day, too, to me, what helps your team win. And I I really also think that it's eye-opening that Tony Dungy is one of the guys who has also spoken out against this as someone who's been a minority head coach in the NFL. Well, you say Tony Dungy, you ask any one of his players who play for him, they call that man dad. It's a genuine love, passion, effect when you talk about Tony Dungy. And his tree ain't that bad because Coach Tomlin comes under that tree. Coach Raheem Morris comes under that tree. So you got a lot of good minority guys. Coach Tomlin probably has been the most successful guy thus far 
under that tree, you know? So one thing I do like about Mr. Rooney, and the reason why RIP Dan Rooney, the reason why Mr. Rooney got it, because he was raised around minority guys. Like, I still remember Mr. Rooney telling me, you know, on them train trips back in the day, the minority athletes helped them with reading, helped them with math, helped them with science for school. So he gets it. So he understands how minority feels. Even though his dad had money, he's been around minority guys all his life. So he, he didn't took the entitlement. You know, his dad, which was Mr. Art, chief, his dad raised them around a gumbo pot, so to say. You know, you're just not going to be around us, our kind. You're going to be around different kinds of people because that's the way life is going to be. If you're going to be successful, you got to be able to socialize and get along with all kinds of people, regardless on what the color is. So when Papa Dan, when he, when he presented this rule, he was just presenting that rule from the heart on how he was raised. You know, you look at, you know, other other owners, I don't know if they, you know, back in the day if they was around athletes and got help from minority pro pro athletes and in math and science and schoolwork. I don't know. I could I could be wrong. But I think a high percentage a high percentage of them didn't. So I'm glad this running rule will come into effect. Ever since Papa died, it kind of shied away from it. I thought it really never was talked about until now. But getting back to coach Tony Dungy, I mean, they say the same thing about Andy Reid. So they two certified coaches like Andy Reid is dad. You know, Tony Dungy is dad. Not saying you got to be dad, but when you got grown men respecting a, a grown man, they know he cares. They know it's with passion. So, again, I hope this rule don't come into effect, Mark. And the Chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn, has reiterated a lot of the things that we've said here on the Believe in Steelers podcast, too. I just want to read you a few of his quotes, and then we can move on to a few questions we have in the mailbag. Okay. Anthony Lynn says, I think sometimes you can do the wrong thing while trying to do the right thing, if that makes sense at all. I think that there are a lot of qualified African-American coaches right now that could be a head coach in this league. And I just pray that we do our due diligence and give these guys an opportunity. Why did I get an opportunity? We can talk about that all day. Trust me when I tell you that, but I think there are lots of qualified ap applicants and they need an opportunity. And I think this is out of desperation. This is something that they're throwing out there but it is what it is. And that's talking about moving up with the draft picks and providing the incentives. I'm all for providing equal opportunity for everyone out there. I want the best person to get the job. But I think with moving up with the draft picks, you're opening up a can of worms that is creating more problems than you're solving. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we said chance, he said opportunity. They both cousins. Same thing. The words are pretty much similar. So, you know, we, we all on the same page. Again, I hope they don't pass this rule. Let's take a quick break. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. 
There's no NBA, NHL, or MLB games quite yet, but don't worry. BetOnline still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back along with the UFC. BetOnline.ag also has an online casino with poker and blackjack. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline your online wagering solution. Now back to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike, we'll open up the mailbag here. We just have a few questions to get to. Chuck Butler wants to know, who do you think the breakout player will be for the Steelers this season? Big Ben. I got Big Ben breaking out off of his injury. Man, that's a stubborn, competitive dude. You know, so seven, seven, he feel like he got a lot to prove. You know, and, and he's pretty happy he got some young weapons at his disposal. So I think Big Ben going to have a breakout season. Yeah, the favorite to win NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He's got his fresh haircut. He's been working out with some of his teammates and everything too. And so can he reemerge? I mean, this was a guy who led the NFL on passing in 2018. So can he get back to that level? For me, Ike, it's as simple as is who's in a contract season. So for me, it's James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster. Can they get back to the levels that they were at in 2018? Both guys in contract seasons, I think you're going to get big, big production out of both of them, especially with Juju finally getting some talent with Chase Claypool coming in, the receiver out of Notre Dame. You can finally maybe free Juju up a little bit and, again, get back to the levels that we've seen him produce at before. We talk a lot about the Batman and Robin with Juju, but – Again, this offense getting back on track, it's so funny because I see things. I've been going back and forth on Twitter with some people, and I saw that Colin Cowherd put out that he thinks that the Steelers are going to be 7-9 and nine in 2020. And I'm just sitting there, and it's like, look, Mike Tomlin's coached this team for 13 years, hasn't had a losing season, and the team didn't score more than 27 points in a game last season, and they still went 8-8. Eight and eight. So with their revitalized offense – I like Pittsburgh to get back into the postseason, and I like James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster to rebound in 2020. Gotcha. The next question comes from my brother, Scott Bergen. He asks, what's Ike's favorite restaurant in Pittsburgh? Oh, man. Man, I'm an old-school steak guy, but I don't eat steak. I just like the vibe, that Chicago vibe, that New York City vibe. I'm going to go with Morton's. I've been going to Morton's since my rookie year. And the only reason why I went for my rookie year because the vets had me and Troy to pay for the for the bill. So ever ever since then, I kind of I kind of been hooked on the market. Mark, I'm gonna go with more man. It's just the vibe. I always like to sit at the bar and talk to the the bartenders. Um, it's home for me. It's like Cheers. That's my restaurant. That's where I go into. That's where they know what I like to drink. That's where they know I like to eat. I don't have to say nothing. I go in there and watch Monday night football games, and it feels like I'm at home. So when you and Troy are having to foot the bill, are all the veterans just getting several entrees and all the appetizers and dessert? They did us, they did us bad. They did us. Lucky, lucky, Troy, lucky Troy was the first round. You know, I was the fourth round. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that money, gone. Yeah, that money be gone. <laughs> so, so lucky, lucky they didn't hit us over the head too bad, man, but. God damn, man, you, you got the Flintstone, you got a Flintstone steak in front of you, now you want another Flintstone steak to take home? <laughs> you know, them, them, steak, them steaks add up, them $79 steaks. 
you got 12 guys that's ordering two Flintstone steaks, man. We ain't even talking about the size. You know, you got the sauteed onions, you got the sauteed spinach on the side, the cream of spinach. That's $27 for a side piece. And let's not even talk about the drink. We get to the drink, yeah. <laughs> per person, that might be $300. Does it cure man, cancer, about, though, Ike? Man, you talking about $400 a person. <laughs> You know that you know, line from you, the Wolf of Wall Street where they're they're going over all the sides. You know my hands. Hey, Mark, you know my, man, as soon as I saw that receipt, my hands start sweating. I broke a sweat ASAP. As soon as I saw that receipt, I broke a sweat ASAP. Just a single. Heart rate went up. My heart rate went up. Start sweating. Hands got wet. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's so were you and Troy the only two rookies that would no, go? No, we had Alonzo, Alonzo Jackson. He was on the defensive okay. side, but he went, he went with the linebackers. But, you know, you go with your position group. And, uh, man, they bobbed us over the head, man. They put a dent, they put a dent in my pocket. My pocket wasn't deep at all, man. My pocket was shallow. I was in, I was in the three-year-old pool. Troy, Troy was swimming in the ocean with his money, man. I was in the three-year-old pool, man. So picture you trying to dive in three feet. At a high altitude, <laughs> how you think your pocket gonna look? Not good, Mark. So, was this a tradition that you continued once you became a veteran, oh, yeah. to where you oh, yeah. then once, make once the I, rookies? Once, I treated my rookies so good that they barely they. Ain't, I spoiled. I spoiled. Like once I got my cheese, I spoiled my rookies. They didn't really have to do too much at all. So you didn't you know? take tape any of them to the goal post or any any nah, kind of ain't nobody, ain't, ain't nobody do that with me. Like I ain't I ain't played them, you know, I feel like I was a young man. I don't play them games, you know. You know, first day off the rip, I'm fighting. As soon as I as soon as I get in the locker room, you play them games with me. We throwing hands all day. So it's already understood. Like my uncle say, man, go on get the biggest one in the locker room, put your hands on them so he can get around to everybody else. This the one you don't mess with. So let me ask you this, go, kind of going back to the original question, Ike, with uh, your favorite restaurant. You said, you know, you don't eat meat and everything. Would your, would your former teammates, like say someone, say a big guy like Casey Hampton or something like that, would they generally say the same thing with Morton's or were, were there other spots you guys like hitting up in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was our spot, man. That, that, that was home for us, you know? That, that was home. Like Morton's in Pittsburgh at the time I played, regardless on what your position was, it was home, man. It it was home. Like it, it was that. It, it was to this day. To this day, I go straight. I go straight to Morton's. I sit at the bar. They know exactly what I want. I ain't even. They know exactly. As soon as they see me come through the door, they 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 looking at me. They giving me a one, as in you want to eat now or you want to eat later. I go out and eat later. So that's just how it is. So what are you ordering because you don't eat meat? Fish, so I get I get whatever fish for the day. So really, and and I, I used to do this for all restaurants. Getting off subject, I go back and I tell the chef, give me something off the menu. I don't want nothing on the menu. Look, I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian. Cook whatever whatever your mind go. Cook it. I'm gonna eat it. The egg special. The egg there you special. Go. There you go. Oh, I want to give a shout out to the Believe. You know, podcast, just in general, uh, Mark and I, you know, I, I think Mark and I kind of get into like family. I'm talking to a Believe organization, um, giving me and Mark an opportunity just to share our thoughts, you know, across the streams, whether it's 
VIA Satellite on social media. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the Believe family for giving Mark and I this opportunity. Um, hopefully things will get, I ain't gonna say hopefully, I'm gonna speak it into existence. Things will get bigger and better for us. So that's, that's what I'm gonna go with. But I wanna thank for the fans, the viewers, everybody for just paying attention and listening to us. I know we off script right now, but with this pandemic, Mark and I got a, a, a lot of other things going on. Mark then moved, he got a new job, happy for him. So we, I just been patient, he been patient with me. So I just wanna thank that Believe family for giving us that opportunity. Yeah, the Believe Podcast Network is just continuing to grow and grow and grow and grow. So I'd encourage any of the listeners, check out some of the other shows on the network. And it's amazing in terms of some of the former athletes and the insight that some of the different shows have. And pretty much the whole goal of the network is to have a show for each individual team. It's a growing network. And I would just encourage any of the listeners, check out some of the other podcasts because you're going to get some insight that really you can't get anywhere else. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here for Ike Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care. So long, everyone. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.